Hi, everybody. This is Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. I hope you're doing well. So if you've been following the Greek elections, you'll know that the socialist-slash-communist coalition has gained control uh, of Greece. Um, it still remains to be seen whether they get the 150 seats that they need for a clear majority or whether they will continue to build the coalition that they've been working on for the past 10 years to gain power. This is, in my opinion, a turning point in the economic and, as is so often the case with an economic turning point, a turning point in the political fortunes of Europe and not for the better. Of course, there are leftist coalitions all throughout Europe uh, that are cheering uh, in the streets tonight as uh, the grip of the unbelievably undead zombie called Marxism continues to rise from the grave just when you think you've hammered a stake through its heart. It's like the end of that horror movie when you're walking away from the grave and the, the hand comes up and takes down another culture, another country, and another civilization. The people who have gotten into power in Greece today are unrepentant socialists slash Marxists. So one of their chief economic advisors is an out-and-out Marxist, PhD in economics. He's done papers on Das Kapital, and we will get to some of his astoundingly wily coyote paint a tunnel on the side of the mountain and run through it approach to dealing with these problems. But let's just do a brief history. Um, of course, Greece joined the euro in 2001 and immediately got access to cheap credit. See, in the free market, the more risky it is to lend to you, the more people are going to charge for lending to you. And that's what slows down your borrowing. That's how it's supposed to work. But of course, when Greece gave up its own currency, the drachma, and adopted the euro, it got access to cheap credit. Uh, Germany's uh, credit rating, triple A, uh, Greece uh, hovering around triple uh, C, uh, completely calamitous crap. I think I'm not a technical uh, economist, but um, they got access to cheap credit largely because they were more responsible nations in the euro. And what happened? Well, they, um, uh, the Greek government went on a massive, unprecedented spending spree. $7.5 billion for the 2004 Athens Games. Now, after 2004 audit, Greece effectively admitted that it lied to get into the euro. The Greek government's deficits had not been below the 3% of GDP since 1999, as the euro required. They just took stuff off books. They hid stuff and lied to get into uh, the euro. And then their spending went on a massive splurge fest, uh, and they just spent like crazy. There are people all over Europe are like, hey, let's go to Greece. Let's get a job in Greece. They have the most incredible benefits. I mean, <laughs> what could be better than what Greece has to offer? And uh, this stuff was um, kind of irresistible to everyone, and of course it seems that Greece had broken through the magical barrier of mathematical and fiscal reality and had mounted its way uh, into the stratosphere of Harry Potter land magic finances. Uh, let's just take a moment here. We're going to look at the uh, Greek government debt to GDP. This is a percentage of the GDP, so um, uh, America is hovering around 100 if you don't count unfunded liabilities and so on. The Greek government debt to GDP, this is from 2004 to 2014. So roughly debt to GDP is your debts versus your income. So if you make $50,000 a year 
and you owe $50,000, then you have a 100% debt-to-GDP, analogous debt-to-income. And if you make $50,000 a year, you owe 10000 you have a 20%, and so on. So here you can see that uh, the debt-to-GDP was um, 98.6 in uh, 05, 100, 06. Uh, it goes up and up and up, and then just goes completely haywire and was just going completely off the charts. Now, I want you to understand, if you look at 2010, 129.7%, 2011, 146%, 2012, 171.3%, right? So not far off from a doubling in eight years. Well, that's what happens when you get access to easy credit, when you're, the costs of your borrowing are subsidized by more responsible uh, people. And um, so this is what is called... It, it, with a straight face. This is what is called austerity, right? So austerity is from 2012 to 2013, the debt to GDP went from 171.3% to 156.9%, right? Which was still way higher than anything that had come before. So this is really, really important to understand. So austerity sounds like monk-like. It sounds like you're living on you know, your kitten cat food and, and uh, water that you collect in a bucket outside your house. Uh, this is all nonsense. Uh, it's not. This is like somebody who's been eating 10,000 calories a day, going down to 9,600 calories a day and saying that this is a starvation diet. This is just how ridiculous what is called austerity uh, really is. And of course, every time that this socialist party, this communist party is referred to, they're referred to as anti-austerity, anti-bailout, and so on. Whereas, of course, everyone who's right of somewhere between Karl Marx and Leon Trotsky is called a far-right Nazi-based idealist, ideologue, and so on. And this is just the way that it is. And um, the, the, the Greek government basically went bankrupt around 2010, and they got bailed out. Uh, by the European Central Bank, which basically was everyone uh, in Europe, plus uh, some money printing. And this, of course, exacerbates and prolongs the problem. It's called enabling, right? Since 2010, despite these supposed austerity measures, Greek debt to GDP has increased by 35%, which hit a new record in 2014. So Greece went bankrupt. And what did Europe do? Well, it tried to deal with a country going bankrupt by giving it the largest loan in history. It's, it's madness. Now, um, it now owes more than $350 billion, not just to the European Central Bank, but to the International Monetary Fund, other European governments, and private investors. Now, what's causing this crisis right now to the European Central Bank in particular, Greece owes 27 billion euros, or about $30 billion, in the form of bonds that were bought by the Central Bank in the open market back in 2010 and 2011. So, of course, as you know, governments issue bonds, you buy $100 worth of bonds, and we'll give you $105 next year or whatever it's going to be if it's 5% interest. It's a way of lending money to governments. People buy who buy bonds are just guaranteeing future tax increases because, of course, the government doesn't make any money. The only way they can pay you more than what you give them is by raising your taxes or printing money or going into debt or some unholy trinity of all three. And... Um, under the former European Central Bank president, Jean-Claude Trichet, uh, the central bank bought these bonds to lower Greek uh, interest rates. 
because nobody was willing to lend to, to Greek except at fairly ruinous interest rates, which is supposed to be the relatively soft landing and the well, relatively restrained way of slowing down government spending as you keep raising the price of lending to that government, and then they will slow down their uh, crazy spending. But the European Central Bank bought these bonds at very cut rates uh, to drive down the price of lending to Greece. Now, of course, a lot of these bonds are coming due. There's a principal repayment of 3.5 billion euros. Another 3 billion euros are, go are going on. And uh, so John Milius, a self-described Marxist with a PhD in economics and magic, says the, the ECB, European Central Bank, can do a lot of things. One solution could be a swap. So what he says is, in exchange for the bonds currently held by the ECB, right, that, that the Greeks have to pay on, Milius wants to give the central bank a different kind of bond, which is called a zero-coupon perpetual. And the fact that people can say this stuff with a straight face is amazing to me. A zero-coupon perpetual is a bond that pays zero interest for the entire duration of the bond, which in this case would pretty much be forever. And um, anybody who offers zero-coupon perpetuals, if you're in a restructuring situation, they're generally referred to as, and snarkily referred to, but accurately, as wallpaper, or otherwise known as Zimbabwe trillion-dollar bills. Now, Milius, our fine Marxist economist friend, says, oh, no, no, the European Central Bank will totally get paid back. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll pay you back once the economy has grown so much that the country's debt-to-GDP ratio falls to 20%, down from the current level of 174%. Milius calculates this would only take 58 years. He's got, written a whole paper. We'll put the link to it below. And um, this really should be what should happen for all indebted Eurozone countries. Uh, so, uh, you know, next time you have trouble with a visa, you can't pay your visa bill, just write a note to them back saying, listen, um, I will uh, I will write something that this note bears you. Uh, you can get the price of what I owe you, dear visa, in 58 years, but don't charge me any interest in the interim. Just see how that, uh, how that works. Um, so what's happened uh, over the past five years uh, since the... Um, financial crisis. A quarter of the economy in Greece has been wiped out. Unemployment is above 25% and 50% uh, for young people. And the average income losses for Greeks is about 30%. And that is, you know, heart goes out. That is tragic stuff. That is brutal stuff to have to live with. And um, of course, all the young people, well, a lot of the young people with brains and ambition have fled uh, from Greece uh, elsewhere. Uh, the median age in Greece is 42. I said 42. Sorry for those Greek people who can't hear. And of course the median voting, m median voting age is even older and continues to become so. And this is the usual socialist horror show where the uh, elderly uh, and the aged eat the young. And uh, the odds that when the crisis hit, there was going to be any impetus or approach to free market principles, to privatization, to um, regaining control and privatizing the currency, and so on. But this is not. There isn't an, even a Greek word for libertarian. I mean, people don't even believe that there is such an ideology. In fact, there was a, a study that was done with Greeks. Uh, they put this line across and they said, you know, uh, answer these questions uh, about, you know, do you want more redistribution 
uh, in your society, like government, redistributing income, or do you want more freedom? And half the Greeks refuse to even put themselves on that line because the idea that there's any such thing as a trade-off is incomprehensible. I mean, this is the magic unreality that they've been bored and breaded to for decades, if not generations. And this, of course, is incredibly tragic from Greece, the birthplace of philosophy, uh, for them to believe that they can have their cake and eat it too. I guess that's the price you pay for murdering Socrates 2,400 years ago and never really understanding what kind of curse he was going to put on you for that slaughter. I mean, good heavens. <laughs> I mean, even the, even the Catholic Church apologized for torturing the aged Galileo 400 years perhaps too late. So who's God in power? Well, um, Syriza is the name. It's, the, um, it's an acronym, which means the Coalition of the Radical Left and um, the former socialist and, and communist parties. And so this is the kind of stuff that they're putting out there. I mean, they, they pump out befogging promises to uh, people uh, like mustard gas on a World War I battlefield, except the death isn't quite as quick. You know, under this Tsaritsa, um, the Greek government will refuse to pay bondholders what they're owed. And this, of course, is what happened in uh, Cyprus last year, a uh, year and a half ago. And this is what happened in Argentina. They simply stopped paying. Argentina, of course, one of the great tragedies of 20th century economics up until the 1930s. Argentina had the same per capita income as America and then uh, slid down the same socialist sinkhole as is taking down so much of the rest of the world. And so uh, if they're not going to pay the bondholders, and of course one of the biggest bondholders I imagine is the European Central Bank, what's going to happen? Well, um, there are a number of Greek banks that are uh, on the verge of bankruptcy uh, because of course there's a, a fear uh, with the socialists coming in, everyone wants to grab their property and uh, and run. I mean, you know, it's like Gollum slinking around a fishmonger, you know, he covers up the halibut. And uh, so billions and billions of dollars have left Greece uh, and Greek banks creating fears of a bank run. And what's happening is the Greeks are saying, well, uh, the, the, new, the new party has these slogans and these promises that they're not going to pay their bondholders. And this is a huge problem could hugely destabilize the euro, which of course has recently plunged in value considerably. And so they can very easily say to the eurozone countries, uh, hey, that's a nice little currency you got going there. Be a real shame if something happened to it. Now, how about you subsidize us some more? What do you say? Now, they also think that the European Union should, fa should fund a massive job creation program to combat this 25% unemployment rate and 50% youth. Uh, they also want banks to write off debt for those who can't pay for it, uh, including mortgage debt. The Greek government would provide up to 30% of mortgage payments. These uh, socialist uh, communists also want to nationalize the banks, and they want to provide free electricity, electricity and water uh, to people who can't afford to pay for them. They're going to nationalize electricity and the water production. They nationalize railroads, airports, mail, other subjects, uh, free health benefits for low-income, homeless, or unemployed people. They want to double health, public health care funding, nationalize the remaining private hospitals, and eliminate any private participation in the national health system. They want to raise the minimum salary and increase unemployment subsidies and they want to establish a 75% tax 
for people with an income of over a half a million euros. They want to increase taxes on big companies and they want to forcibly prevent banks from moving capital overseas. So this is going to be the usual socialist horror show of controlling, managing, and herding the tax livestock to make sure nobody tries to tear off a leg or two getting through the barbed wire fence of increasing regulations. Now, the beginning of this year, the euros hit a nine-year low against the dollar, and uh, this is investors who were just nervous about the possibility of these bunch of economic primitives getting into power and fulfilling their promises, promises, and uh, this is why people are trying to get their savings out. January 16th, the 16th, it was announced that all four of Greeks of Greece's largest banks have filed for emergency liquidity assistance to prevent potential bankruptcy. Bloomberg estimates that withdrawals have exceeded 7 billion euros since speculation on these snap elections uh, began. The Greek stock market is also tanked after the snap elections were announced and investors began fleeing the onset of Marxism. It was the worst fall since 1987. The leader of Syriza, Alexis Tsipras, has been... Oh, you see, he wants to run an economy, so the most important thing that, that you want to be able to do, or the most important thing on your resume if you want to run an economy, is to have never participated in any meaningful way whatsoever. He's been an activist his whole life. He's been organizing and participating in protests since he was 17. He joined the Greek Young Communists Society in his late teens, been a part of various Marxist movements and political parties since then. In a 2008 interview, Tsipras interview, Tsipras said that he admires Mao Zedong's political writings and believes the idea behind the Chinese Cultural Revolution was very important. Quote, there was a huge lack of freedom in communist regimes, but at least they had humanity at the center of their thinking. Humanity. Cultural revolution um, was let's let a thousand flowers bloom. In other words, he was trying to lure any dissidents out of the woodwork, and then um, anybody who questioned or opposed or was skeptical towards Chairman Mao's communist dictatorship uh, were imprisoned, you know, tortured, slaughtered, murdered by the millions. Chinese intellectual class was virtually decapitated. French scholars have estimated that the death toll of Chinese communism was 65 million people. 65 million people. That's a World War II and a half. That's more than 10 holocausts. And um, that to me would be more important than the th fact that he's anti-austerity, as if austerity is even really occurring in Greece. I mean, if you imagine a European politician saying this about Adolf Hitler, well, there was a huge lack of freedom, sure, in Nazi regimes, but at least they had humanity at the center of their thinking. I mean, the man's either completely ignorant or a complete sociopath. Well, to be fair, he could be both. And um, he's been called um, Harry Potter. There's just magic. You know, we're going to give you all these free things. And uh, uh, it's, um, I mean, it's madness. It's completely ridiculous. It's, it's beyond insane. I mean, from 1946 to 1949, the Greeks fought and won a civil war against communist insurgents. And now they've elected basically a communist party. Yay, victory. And um, 
I just want to leave you with a few final thoughts. Um, I mean, joking aside, this is uh, wretched and terrible and brutal stuff that is going to be occurring. Uh, these are the lights going out across Europe, and I do not know whether we shall ever see them lit again in our lifetime, to paraphrase Churchill. The shrinking of human potential that endlessly occurs when you are promised free things is a wretched, horrifying sight to behold. Murderous people, sociopathic people, control freaks and uh, manipulators of every kind will always try to bribe you into submission, and it is a tragic failing of the human soul that we are so tempted to give up liberty for temporary tchotchkes, for goodies, for uh, the bribes, which are unsustainable. Most people sacrifice enormously for their children. When the government comes in, that all just seems to vanish. It seems to just fade away. People are just, gimme, 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 gives me that, gives me that, gimme that. And they, I mean, they know that they can't sustain it. They know that their children are going to suffer for it. But for some reason, these men and women who, who get up at night and, and nurse their babies when they have colic or when they have fever and take them to the hospital and take them to whatever the equivalent of Little League games is in Greece and other Eurozone countries, the parents who really do their best to take care of their children allow unbelievable levels of debt to bury the future of their children. Do your homework, study well, so that when you graduate there will be no jobs but rather a smoking crater of the former economy we were supposed to manage. You know, people say we borrow the environment from future generations, and I think there's real truth in that. Equally, and perhaps even more importantly, for without wealth, wealth there cannot be environmentalism, we also borrow the economy from future generations. And that's something that really does not seem to be remarked upon much. When someone offers you something for free, they are asserting their authority over you. And they are tempting you with the avoidance of work and personal responsibility in return for them providing you something they stole from you. And this is a very, very important thing to understand. The degree to which our consciousness of ourselves as as powerful, grand, important, vital and valuable human beings, independent, free, proud, the degree to which that gets eroded when we are endlessly offered free things. It's like water wears away stone. It's brutal what happens. Somebody who offers you something for free is infantilizing you. They're taking a parent-child relationship with you. I mean, I don't charge my daughter for her meals. I don't charge her for playtime with me. You've got to get a face painter over and they'll charge, but parents don't. So being on the receiving end of an offer of free electricity, uh, we'll subsidize you know, your loans, we'll, we'll get your debts gotten rid of, we'll get your free help. I mean, they're putting you in the position of being a helpless child. And it is tragic that a once proud race, a once proud nation, and really the inverted pyramid foundation of so much of Western culture has now turned into a bunch of greedy whiners. I'm sorry, it's true. Listen, oh Greek people, oh European people, I'm telling you this. Free market economics have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. You cannot fail to have heard of people like 
Milton Friedman. I mean, nobody's asking you to get into the Murray Rothbard planet, but uh, you will have heard of these free market economists. You will have heard of libertarians. You will have heard of Ron Paul. You will have heard of people who have uh, striven mightily to bring education about the values and virtues of freedom to your shores. And as the birthplace of the new world, it was your ideas of freedom that first set the ship of state sailing to freedom in the West. And the degree to which this has all been lost and forgotten and buried is really tragic. Governments have come with a warning labels, particularly in Greece ever since the time of Socrates. They made him drink hemlock. They said he was corrupting the young and failed to believe in the gods of the city and they slaughtered him, they killed him. And he warned about the state. And Plato warned about the state. He said, we shall not have peace until the kings become philosophers or the philosophers become kings. That there was a dearth of wisdom among the high and mighty and powerful. Socrates and Plato and Aristotle, I mean, Plato had to flee. He was sold into slavery for attempting to get into politics. Narrowly escaped with his life. In Greece, of all countries, the warning labels that have been permanently affixed to the flags of the state have been visible for thousands of years. A smoker with those pictures of, of lung cancer and emphysema and a smoker can't say, I didn't know. I didn't know that giving all this power to the state was going to have a bad outcome. I didn't know that selling off the precious gift of freedom from force for the sake of uh, some vitamin shots, uh, maybe a flu shot and some rent subsidies, was an unwise idea. I didn't know that imagining that the government had any money of its own to give me was a bad idea. Everybody knows the government has no money. Everybody knows the government prints money or borrows, lies, cheats, obfuscates. I mean, the Greek government themselves said in 2004 after the audit, yes, we lied to get into the European Union, because it was a lot easier to rest on Germany's AAA credit rating than to actually restrain our own spending and tell the truth to our population. So you Greeks, you have been thirstily drinking from this black fire hose of political lies for at least a decade. At least a decade ago, they told you they lied about money. I really, really feel sorry for what Greece is going to go through. But at the same time, there was an ancient Greek saying that will describe the next generation. Even the gods cannot break this rule, say the Greeks. Take what you want and pay for it. <laughs>